I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. You know, there are a lot of things that go into being a successful author. Talent is certainly important, but so is perseverance hard work, and above all else, trusting in the sovereignty of God. Now that might seem like a strange thing to say, but it's absolutely essential if you want to be an effective writer. Here's why. God has a plan for each of us and he knows what is best for us. As writers, it's crucial that we submit our work to him and trust that he will guide us as we write, publish, and market. We can't try to control everything ourselves. Instead, we need to let go and let God take control. Now, that certainly doesn't mean that we can't use our own talents and skills, but it's also an element of trusting that ultimately God's plan is what is best for us. That's why I'm glad to have with me on the show today, Brenda Hare, She's had her own journey of learning how to trust. And through this week's episode, she's going to remind you how important it is that as you put your pen to paper, that you're making a deliberate decision to trust in the sovereignty of God. You're entrusting him with your story, whether it's characters and plots in a fiction book or Um, helping someone make a transformation in a nonfiction book. It's an act of faith that can be both empowering and humbling. So let him guide your steps and watch your story and your impact unfold in ways that you never could have imagined. Enjoy. Well, Brenda, welcome to Publishing Secrets. We've been having a good time just talking about the journey that God has you on in ministry and business. And I'm excited about the opportunity to share you with our listening audience today. Thank you so much for making time to be here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here and get to know you better and and your ministry better. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know, it's true. And that's a, a great word that you just highlighted ministry. The work that we both do is about spreading the gospel, about giving people hope, Uh, encouragement and restoration. And each of us does that in different ways. And I think all of us, you know, those that are listening to us right now, you know, as believers, we want to be a part of spreading the good news. And it's just that God has called us to approach that in different ways. So I'd love for you to start, Brenda, by sharing a little bit about the journey that God has had you on up until this point and what you feel your mission is now going forward. Absolutely. Well, my journey started back in 2003. Um, I felt called to write then and had no idea. I I didn't consider myself a writer before that. I journaled all the time and and that kind of thing, but I never considered myself a writer prior to that. 
And so I started going down the road of, okay, what do you do? How do you do this? You know, looking into self-publishing and looking into reading every book I could on the, the topic. And then in 2006, I actually met with a publisher, a Christian publisher at a conference and turned in two manuscripts. And they said, we love your work. Your titles are fantastic, but you're a nobody. Mm. Come back to us when you're a somebody. And I mean, I still get goosebumps just saying it. It's, I couldn't believe a Christian publisher was telling me I was a nobody. And I, you know, now I look back and go, well, according to the world statistics now, Jesus was a nobody, you know, he didn't have a big platform before he, he started, um, you know, he didn't even travel 200 miles outside of his home town, you know? And so, and look at all the nobodies that Jesus used, um, you know, in the Bible. So Look, at the time, though, I didn't, it stung a little more than that. Um, and it really set me back and I didn't, you know, know where to go forward. And um, in 2009 or 10, somewhere in there, my grandmother asked me to write about all the good in her life. And that really said, okay, I'm, I have to do this. And she was up in age and I knew, you know, time was running out. And so I had to capture as much as I could. And I started in on it and that's when um, Save the Buttertubs was born. I knew that that would be the title because it's something she always did. And what I didn't know is that it was the metaphor for her saving me, that I was ultimately the butter tub that she saved. I was the empty vessel that felt like I couldn't be used for this um, writing journey. I was the nobody. And she said, no, there's, there's a purpose for this empty vessel. And so um, her story and my story is combined in the book. And I, I share the writing journey a little bit in the book and um, the, the lies that were told. Um, the first part of the book is, you know, trashing the lies. And the second part is tr- what, what we should treasure and then to transform our truth um, and legacy, our lives and legacy. And so the first part of the book, I talk about creative avoidance and how, you know, I creatively avoided writing for quite a, <laughs> quite a while because I didn't somebody know. Somebody out there, somebody knows about creative avoidance. <laughs> yes. but here's the difference, Tim. They, they get it confused with procrastination and okay, I'll, okay. I'll just, explain the difference. So procrastination is like paying your taxes, right? You know, you have to do it by April 15th. You know, you do, you might wait until April 14th, but you know, you have to get it done. Right. Where creative avoidance is more of, I don't really have to do this thing. You know, maybe you feel called to write, or maybe you feel called to do this or that. And you're like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, but you just kind of creatively avoid it because you don't really know because God doesn't put deadlines on us. God is not forceful in that way. And so we, you know, it's not like a boss saying, you got to get this done. You got to get this done. It's God goes, "Hmm, you should probably try this. And then we creatively avoid it for (laughs) as long as we can. And then, and what happens, we miss the blessings, you know, while we're creatively avoiding, we're missing. I mean, if we would just act so much faster, we would get to the blessings that much faster. Amen. Wow. Yeah, that's a word for somebody. If we would act a little faster, we would get the blessings a little faster, right? Because, you know, obedience plays a role. God has things for us, but if we're not obedient, <laughs> then we miss yeah. out on the potential because, you know, what, what I heard you saying is it, it reminds me of like these little nudges. Sometimes I wish that God would forcefully make me do what I need to do, but that's just not how he operates. So there's these nudges to do it. You know, someone might even say something to you uh, that would remind you that this is uh, something to do because God does work through people, but he's never going to force us mm-hmm. to do it. Wow. Yeah. So, I love that you use the word obedience. That has been, um, he revealed to me, I guess sometime in the last summer, 
that that is the best self-care someone can give themselves is to be obedient. And, you know, you see the self-care is kind of the new catchphrase out in the, the, you know, social media platforms. And if people would just be obedient, that's the best self-care we can give ourselves. Just be obedient to to his word. (laughs) Now that is, is probably a message in and of itself, right? Because when we are obedient, then all of these amazing good things happen (laughs) that keeps us in a great place spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. But when we are disobedient, then we're creating the exact opposite. And and that's not to say that there won't be challenges and, and things along the way, because that's just life. But we would actually be doing ourselves a favor by being obedient. Amen. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. See, you asked what my mission was. So my mission is, um, I have this underlying kind of, um, theme, if you will, through my work of worth, I want people to know and understand their worth and act accordingly. And with that, um, my, my company name is joy of pursuit. And we believe that there should be joy in the pursuit of the things we do. And I believe that by knowing your grace given gifts and understanding your worth, you can find the joy. And like you said, it's not always easy. You know, God didn't say become a Christian and life is going to be sunshine and roses. Like that is nowhere in scripture. Nope. (laughs) But what it does when you understand your, your grace giving gifts and what you're really capable of, it aligns you with him. Cause you know, that in order to do these things, it's by his grace. And so you, it brings you closer to him and aligns you with him and they're going to be difficult. They may feel awkward or uncomfortable, but he's right there the whole time. Cause it's his grace that's bringing you to those, mm-hmm. those gifts. And so I really want people to understand that from every, um, you know, we talked a little bit before we started the interview about, you know, the social media these days, at least in my algorithm, everybody's mm-hmm. an influencer and everybody's an author and everybody's, <laughs> you know, wanting to put themselves out there. And it's like, yeah. not everybody is designed to be that. Not everybody's called to be that. And I want to help, especially writers understand that you can write a fantastic book and never be a speaker, never be a coach. And that's okay. You can write a whole series. You can write 20 books and make plenty of money to sustain yourself as a writer and never have to do those other things. It's not for everyone. And, you know, so I want people, if, if you're sitting at a desk job, listening to this, you know, and you're like, oh, this job, I want to help you understand your purpose in that job, in that role and use your grace given gifts there. And not that you have to, you know, become something different in order to fulfill your, your calling. Wow. Your grace given gifts and to operate in them where you are, you know, and that's, that's really powerful too, because so many times we can think, well, I need to wait until I get to this, you know, Mm -hmm. this place in order to use it. But God gave us those gifts and we have opportunities. We might not always see them, but that's why having someone like you would be helpful in the journey. But we have opportunities to use those gifts right where we are. So that's a a, a word for someone is, listen, it's not when you get to X, Y, and Z point and destination, you have an opportunity to use those gifts now. So be prayerful about what God wants to do through you, where you are right now. So let's talk about that a little bit, Brenda, because this is, this is your lane. This is a place that you operate in. Talk to us about how the book helps your audience to do that. 
Absolutely. So in uh, Save the Better Tubs, I walk people through the five lies that they need to trash, the five truths that they need to treasure in order to transform their life and legacy. And in doing that, um, you you know, talking about being where you are, the, the first chapter in that second part is really begin with inspiration. It's beginning with what's in your hand. And when you think about that, I mean, look at all the people in scripture, you know, David didn't that armor didn't fit on him, right? When he was going to fight Goliath, they tried to put him in this armor and and make him this um, great soldier to fight. And he was like, no, 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 I'm going to use what's already in my hand. I'm going to use my sling and these little stones. And, you know, it's using what's in your hand, beginning with where you are. And so the book walks you through a little bit of that. And then the companion piece to that book is Worthy, which is a Bible study my youngest daughter and I co-authored based on the book. The chapter titles are the exact same chapter titles as the book. You can see it's, it's a true companion. And it is the Bible study on it. So it's going a little deeper and helping you flush some of those chapters out a little bit deeper with scripture and using, um, you know, the stories in scripture to walk you through, um, for instance, um, Abraham, you know, he was called to sacrifice Isaac. And while I couldn't even fathom such a a call on my life, um, the obedience to that was the real test, right? It wasn't that he, God was really going to sacrifice Isaac. He was just, are you obedient to listen Mm -hmm. to what I'm asking you to do? And because of that, you know, he has the name Father Abraham, right? He's made many descendants and he, he followed through. And so sometimes we're called to do things and we're like, what? That's not what I want to do. I shouldn't have, that's what? But if we'll just take the step in obedience, God may be opening a door to something completely different. He's just saying, do you trust me enough for this? Mm. Do you trust me? And then when he, when you do, and you show that faith, when you take the step in the river, when you, you know, raise the staff, whatever it is, he will, he'll show you that the the true direction where he's leading you. Hmm. Wow. That's so powerful. You have something now. There's so many scriptures. You highlighted one. There's so many scriptures that, that highlight that is you already have something. (laughs) Look for it. Ask God to show you where it is. Uh, Use that. And then who knows what God might have in store for you. So let's talk about how that factored into your journey as an author, where do you relate to that story personally for yourself? Oh, well, um, it's funny. A lot of it, you look back in retrospect and you're like, oh, now I see how it was all woven together. So my journey um, to authorship, I went to a vanity press um, to learn about the self-publishing to be guided and coached through it. And when I did that, um, I learned every, it was an 18 month program. I learned everything I could about it. I'm a, I'm one of those people that I'm going to learn it all. Like give it to me. I'm a lifelong learner. So I was, you know, the podcast or the recorded coaching calls, I was just listening to them like podcasts. I was just consuming as much of the content as I could. Well, it turned out that um, my book was published in 2018 in October. And I went to that particular Vanity Press's conference that they had. The owner of the company hired me before I left the conference to then become one of his coaches. Um, Then I went on and spring of 2020, right at the height of COVID, it was actually the big day, March 13th of 2020 to become the president of his company. And so I never would have thought Hmm. in a million years, I mean, I failed spelling in third grade. (laughs) I failed typing in high school. I would never thought I would be the president of a vanity press publishing company. Okay. God. (laughs) 
big God. And, you know, and then being told I was nobody, my books, you know, all of that story. And so it's like, what, how, okay, God, this is not where I thought this book was going to take me, but here I am. And through that process, um, he's really led me to where I am now, which is where I actually help authors professionally self-publish their books. Um, They don't necessarily need to go with a traditional publisher or a vanity press, but to learn the process, because I believe most people that have a book in them have multiple books in them. And if they will learn the process, they can continue it um, on themselves. So I coach them through the framework, mainly nonfiction authors. I do have a specialist that work, a couple of specialists that work, work with fiction authors, but I mainly work with nonfiction authors and walk them through the process of framing out their book, what that looks like, what their next steps after publishing could look like so that they make sure they set their book up successfully to get there as well. And then we walk through the entire publishing and distribution process with them. And we take none of their royalties. They're set up as a true professional self-published author and look as a professional author. Um, There's a lot of self-published authors out there that could have used our help. And so we, we, we really want them to, to look and have that professional, um, you know, they deserve it. Their message deserves it. So Mm, that's powerful. Your message deserves it. You know, that that's a really important point because you're right. um, In the work that I do, I do come across instances where it's a really great message, but the packaging isn't, isn't there. And Mm -hmm. as much as we would like to believe that a person will look past the Mm -hmm. imperfections in the cover or the grammatical Mm -hmm. um, missteps in the book, in reality, (laughs) people can be pretty unforgiving. So Mm -hmm. your message, I love the way you said that your message deserves it because the whole point that authors write a book is to get the message out to more people, right? So we have to be thoughtful about the fact that anything that prevents that, anything that prevents the message getting out to more people, uh, I'm going to make the statement that we have a responsibility to address that. And sometimes that means that we need to get help uh, from someone like Brenda that can help us get that professional polish and and things like that. Sometimes it means getting out of our our comfort zone and actually uh, marketing the book. Uh, or getting someone to do that for us, right? But we we are responsible for the message that we've been given. And so we want to make sure that it it spreads as far and as wide as it possibly can. And the last thing that we want to do is uh, get in the way of the message getting out. And so often we do so often, whether it's our creative avoidance, like we talked about earlier, whether it's, <laughs> yeah. you know, our doubts, our unbeliefs, whatever lies are floating around in our head to, to not get us in the seat to write the book. You know, that's where it starts. We get in the way then, and then we finally get it finished. And then we get in the way all over again. You know, we, we're either poor book cover design choices or, you know, the, the title, all of those components that go into it. Um, there's so many components and so many right choices and mm-hmm. without professional guidance, um, so many people can really make the wrong decisions. And, you know, I love what you said about the marketing side. So we, we help authors market from a branding standpoint. We help them get their, uh, you know, if they're going to put the book out there on social media or create a website and things like that, we help them get a marketing, um, a brand guide and really market the book the best they can on them, their own. But I love that you, we've connected now and that you offer a step, you know, a service in the one step above that 
because so many authors, I mean, you, you finally told, uh, admitted to yourself and became the author that you were supposed to become, right? You finally got the message written and down. And then now you're expected to be a marketer too. And it's like, what? I, I did. I just <laughs> I want to sit down and write books. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't sign up for this part. And but that's how the message gets out, you know? And so many people think that if you go with a traditional publisher, that they're going to do that for you. And it's not the case at all. It really is not the case. Um, they really are looking to publish authors who already have a platform so that they can make money off of your platform. And <laughs> right. it's, yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting industry that we find ourselves in, but we, right. you know, we've been there and, you know, I've published, I've got seven books at different stages of, of the publishing, um, four published and available for sale now on um, Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Two more coming out before June 9th and hopefully uh, the third companion piece to um, this series, the, the Save the Butter Tubs Worthy series will be out um, by June as well. So it's an exciting journey to help people through and um, understanding and have, been, you know, walking in the shoes before them really paves the way because you've, I've made the mistakes. In fact, with um, Save the Butter Tubs, I made a huge mistake with my cover hmm. before, um, ordered 750 copies oh. of a cover mm -hmm, that um, was, and I have the proof copy here of it, but you can see that, and for the listeners, um, the words on the front are supposed to be white and yellow yeah. against a blue background, but I originally was looking at it on a computer screen that was backlit and looked fantastic with red and yellow yeah. against the, the blue. And it's just muddy. You can't see it from a distance. And so changing it and, you know, it really pops when you see them side by side and yeah. um, the difference, huge difference, you, huge difference, it's night and day. And so, and there's a, I write a blog about that on my, my um, website as well. It's a huge mistake. I encourage people, authors, if you decided on your cover, great. Go to the Walgreens, Walmart, wherever you get your photos printed and print it in color. If you're going to print a matte cover, print it in matte. If you're going to print a shiny cover, print it in shiny and really look at it in full color and see what it looks like printed off. It, it's night and day difference. Wow. That's a really cool tip too, right? Because you can get proof copies, but hey, listen, this is something that is even easier. <laughs> Just, yeah. you know, leverage your, your local, local Walgreens, CVS, whatever you have and get it printed and then just, just take a look at it. You know, I, it's funny. I was actually talking uh, to someone the other day, the same thing. I mean, if you really think about it, this happens with everything. Like you can look at an email and you're like, oh yeah, that email's good. That email's good. Yeah, great. And then as soon as you hit send, you're like, oh my God, because why do we do this to ourselves? We go to the sent box. We look at it and then it's like, oh my God, <laughs> I have this big typo or I, you know, I can't believe I did this and that and the other. So one of the things that I have learned is like, send yourself like a test of that and allow yourself to really like look at it first yeah. before you like send it out because it, it, your mind sometimes can play tricks on you or like you said, the lighting and all of this stuff. And you're like, yeah, that looks good. And then once it's out in the world, you know, it's, it's gone. <laughs> so and when, it's and a, when you order 750 plus oh, marketing materials, yeah, that yeah, is tough. That was the first time I realized it was, I, I ordered a, a six foot by three foot banner oh. and, um, it was one of those stand up banners and it came and I was so excited, you know, first book, first marketing materials. And I opened it up and I went, Ooh, that doesn't oh. look so good. And then 
I started, it, it was too late. The books were already on their way. And it was like, oh, great. Here's the semi truck pulling up with a pallet of <laughs> books that, uh, you know, and so I, I make the best of it. They're my, you know, um, limited editions that uh, first run a limited edition. Limited edition. <laughs> so somebody who gets one of those with the red, you know, consider yourself special that you got one of the first runs, limited edition stories to tell for years to come. <laughs> Well, listen, we, we, we've got to make the best of it, but listen, you've probably saved someone out there. Um, it's, it's unfortunate. Sometimes our, the, the mistakes that we make end up, um, being very, very painful. And in this instance, very costly financially, but the beautiful thing about them is that when we tell what we learn from those experiences, then we can save others. So, Prayerfully, somebody out there is really paying attention. You're listening and you're going to now take this advice and make sure that you apply it in your journey as you're publishing so that you don't repeat that mistake. I mean, that was, I bet you, you won't forget that one though. Cause that was a, that was an expensive, <laughs> <laughs> it was, was an, an expensive, expensive mistake. mistake. And, uh, you know, through the distribution channels, um, in foreign countries, the metadata is what changes yeah. the, you know, you, you update it in your distributor. And then if the metadata gets over, it changes it. Well, some foreign countries I'll go look every now and then, uh, you know, like Amazon India or, or Amazon Japan or things like that. And they still pull the red cover up and I'm just like, Oh no. Yeah. Um, you know, but it is what it is. But you know, I have another cover tip that will really help authors. And it's something I um, just firmly believe in and I want people to understand how easy it is. So a lot of times people will, they, they know they have to get the rights to the photograph or whatever they're going to use on the cover. But what they don't understand is that it, those rights sometimes are limited or sometimes somebody else already used that before you purchased the rights. Uh-oh. So the, the photograph may have been used on other books. It may have been used in other marketing, whatever. And then you're purchasing a photograph and you're thinking, oh, I'm going to have exclusive rights to it. And you don't, um, I have a, there's a testimony story of a lady on my, on my site who was going to use, and I'm sure when I tell you the picture, everybody will be like, uh-huh, I've seen it. The goldfish jumping from one bowl to the other bowl. Yes. It's a great image. It really is a great image, but she was going to use that on her cover. She was so in love with it. And she asked for some feedback and I said, no, 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 no. Find a different image. Go. There's an image search you can do and you can see what, where that image has been used. And she did. And not only was it used on a book, it was used on a book in a similar genre as hers. Uh And so she's like, oh my gosh, you saved me. And so what I encourage people to do is if you have a photo that you love, great. Try to figure out how to manipulate the photo to make it into something new and different. So on my books, if you look like in Save the Butter Tubs, I've got a a marble table that the butter tub's sitting on. I have a plant growing in the butter tub, and then I've got a background. All of those are different photos that were put together to make this one photo. Mm -hmm. So then in the Worthy, the companion piece to it, we did the same background, same um, marble table, and we used um, a crown on the table. And oddly enough, I couldn't find a crown that I wanted that I wasn't sure wouldn't be used in other places. So we actually took that image and had it um, placed on that marble countertop. And, um, you know, so same with same with my business series. We are using a symbol that's very um, well known. It's just a circle with arrows that, you know, kind of lead you around. And what we're doing with this 
particular one is turning it for every book in the series. And then the bottom matches the top. So even if you see it, it's going to, you know, it's our colors, our branding, and then it's going to be changing as it goes through the series of four books. So knowing how to manipulate the covers and really make them original is important um, because you don't, you know, especially if it's in the same genre, you don't want your book to look like just like somebody else's. So no, no. And I, I see it actually pretty often. I love, 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 love Canva, love Canva. But mm-hmm. one of the things I wish was not on Canva was book covers because <laughs> what I see is that, you know, we mm-hmm. love this image. It's awesome. But then I see that same image over and over and over again. And the, and you're trying to build a, a, a following and an audience. And like you've illustrated for people to be able to see, well, when I see this, it's, it's Brenda, right? And so the last thing that you want is the image that 20 billion other people have. <laughs> so people aren't able to distinguish you and your message. So you've hit on a very, very important point that branding is important. It is a, a key piece in this process. And as soon as you can get support to help figure out those details, you want to do it again, because it's about allowing your message to travel further and impact more people. And yes, there's going to be an investment to get that support. Um, but investing in your ministry and business is a part of the, is a part of the journey and a, and a part of the process. So thank you so much for, for sharing that. Brenda, I want to make sure that our listening audience knows how to learn more about you, um, the books that you've written and uh, the services that you offer. So tell the listening audience where you'd like them to go and and what they'll find when they get there. Sure. So our website is thejoyofpursuit.com. And my name is Brenda Hare and it's like the hair on your head with an E on the end. So we, we joke, my husband has none and I have a lot. Um, so, um, Brenda Hare and then uh, the joy of pursuit.com. And on there, you will find, um, actually both of what we were just talking about, which is fabulous. Um, so we offer coaching for authors through the writing process, all the way through publishing and distribution. And we also offer branding consulting. So if it's, um, very high level branding consulting and how, you know, things should match and shouldn't match and what you should do and how, how to create a brand guide for yourself to follow for your marketing team to follow and really walk them through that. We help them create a business plan. If that's what they need, we help them create a, you know, a a book launch plan if they're on the book side. So there's a dual pursuit that they can go down both paths. If they're ready to really jump in and do both at the same time. And then, um, one of the exciting things coming up that you had asked me about earlier, um, we have a workshop coming up June 11th and I'm super excited about it. I know um, the podcast is going to be evergreen and people are going to hear this later down the road and be like, ah, I missed it. Um, <laughs> but I am passionate about this topic and sure that this workshop will be um, something that we offer again and again. And who knows, it may end up as a course someday, but we help people through um, what we call the success process, which is taking your goals and making sure that they stand on a firm foundation, first of all. So really understanding what your mission, your purpose, your core values, your brand uniques, all of that is um, what vision you have for your yourself, your book, your company, and then building your goals on that. And we calendar them out. So it's not enough just to say, oh, I have a goal. I'm going to write a book. We say, okay, what's the deadline? And then we back it up every day, what needs to happen in order to meet that deadline. And so what I love about this process is that you wake up every single day 
and know exactly what you need to do for the day. It's, there's no guesswork. There's no more decisions to be made. There's no more, well, should I write today? Should I not write today? It's on your calendar. You have to write X amount of words today if you're going to make that goal that you set for yourself. And because that goal is set on the foundation that you um, have laid out, you know, you're more likely to actually follow through with it because it means that much more to you because it's aligned with your core components. And so we have that workshop coming up on June 11th. They can find out about it on the website as well. It's under workshops. And I would hope to meet some of your listeners there. It's actually in person here in Tyler, Texas, where I'm from, um, but it's virtual as well. So we have, um, you know, I have readers and and authors around the world. And so anyone can join in virtually as well. And we're going to walk through, it's a true workshop, intensive four hours. We're actually going to walk authors through three to five goals after we build the foundation and walk them through how to map that out and break that down. Um, I'm a natural integrator. That's one of my grace given gifts. And so seeing a big picture and then breaking it down into tangible bite-sized little steps um, processes is what I do. So I love helping people um, create a process to their goal. Awesome. So be sure to check Brenda out, um, the conference and who, who know the workshop, who knows, like you said, you never know. We were talking about this earlier. You never know what God will do. So even if it's after June 11th, make sure you head to the website, check out what Brenda is up to now and get plugged in. It's hard to believe that we're at the end of the time. Time just goes so fast, um, especially when you're having great conversation. What I'd love to do to wrap us up, Brenda, is have you share something with the audience based on how you've been gifted, how God has has led you in your journey that you believe will inspire someone listening out there. You know, we've talked about it. This journey is not, there's easier ways to make a living for sure. (laughs) That's true. For sure. There are, um, but, but we're doing this. Um, those that are listening, there's a reason that they're on this, this journey, whether they've already published and they're working on their next book or they're in the writing process or navigating through editing and publishing, there's a reason that they're doing it. But, you know, sometimes we can get in our own way as we talked about a little bit earlier. So I wonder if you could share for our listening audience, what is your number one piece of advice that you want them to take away from our conversation today? Oh, yes. So it's a privilege to share this. Um, Nothing new is, there's nothing new under the sun, right? It's, it's biblical. Solomon tells us this, there's nothing new under the sun. So that's the, if you remember nothing else from today, remember that, that there's nothing new. So it's okay. If you see your exact message being written by someone else, or maybe the title, those kind of things. One of my dear friends, and, and I started with that because it's not my information, right? So it's nothing new. It's nothing I created. Um, one of my dear friends in publishing um, shared with me, you know, it's not your book. It's God's book. He called you to write this book. So get on with it already. And, and that was so freeing to me when, when I really surrendered to that, my book went from what I thought was going to be nine chapters to 15 chapters. And I finished the writing process pretty shortly after that. The other piece of advice she gave me again, nothing new under the sun is that your book should have a, at least 10 year lifespan. When you, when you're starting to write it, you should think 10 years down the road. Don't think, Oh, I'm going to write this book and it's going to be over. And that's the end of it. But your book is there's a journey. There's a reason why you're writing it. And so look at that long-term plan 
instead of just looking at the short-term plan. Because when you look at the short-term, you may be disappointed. Um, you know, I was um, fortunate. I did a book tour right out of the gate. And so I had great success with my first book right out of the gate. I did an eight-week book tour. And, um, but after that tour, right, things start to slow down a little bit and you're, you're kind of getting in this routine of things. And if you're not looking at the 10-year goal and the 10-year plan, you can really start to get in your own head about it and just be, you know, start, yeah, that was fun, but now it's over. And now you have to kind of look at the 10 year plan. So that would be my advice. There's nothing new under the sun and make sure that you, you keep in mind that it's God's book and and you should give it a 10 year life span at least. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of publishing secrets where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.